Well, good morning, church. It is good to be here. Um, I want to thank uh, Pastor Stephen. He's not here, but uh, I have a feeling he's either watching online or he will be watching. And uh, I just want to thank him, uh, Pastor Philip, Fred, the elders here, uh, for entrusting me with this moment. Uh, it is a time that I do not take lightly. And, and so thank you for this opportunity. And uh, to you as a church, Living Waters, I just, uh, on behalf of Kayla and myself, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you that we can call each other family. Thank you uh, for the way that you have loved on us. We have been here uh, just over a year. And, uh, and I, I can say, I, I've been in literally hundreds of churches uh, in ministry and just opportunities that I've had. And I can honestly say Living Waters Church is the friendliest church I've ever been to in my life. I can honestly say that. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. We, we came here uh, a little over a year ago. And, uh, and I'll just be honest with you, we, we had some, some things, we were, we were dealing with some things, and we just needed a safe place, a safe place just to land and just to sit for a minute. And you all let us do that. Uh, you all just encouraged us, you loved us, and you just let us sit and, and heal over some things and, and just deal with some things and deal with the Lord over some things. And you all just loved us and encouraged us. And then when the Holy Spirit said, it's time to get up, it's time to start serving, you have allowed Kayla and I just to begin to serve in a way that the Lord has called us to serve. You have accepted us. You have loved us. You have encouraged us in that. So let me just say again, thank you. And on behalf of Kayla and I, we love you. We really, really do. And it is our joy to be able to call Living Waters our church home. I understand that we're still getting to know each other. It's just been a little over a year. This is my first time preaching on a Sunday morning. So we're still getting to know each other. So let me just, uh, let me tell you a little about myself before we dive into God's Word. I believe that this book is not just a good book. This is God's book. Amen? Amen. Five, six people agreed with me. Let me tell you something else. So I'm a little bit of an interactive preacher, okay? Uh, uh, words of affirmation is my love language, okay? So I need to know that you're trekking with me this morning, okay? So it's okay if you agree with me to say amen, okay? It's okay even maybe to clap a little bit if you agree. If you're trekking with me, it may be okay on occasion just to, just to give a little shout to the Lord. That's okay with me. Otherwise, I'm just going to circle the landing because I don't think you're getting it, okay? So the, the more you interact with me, the sooner we get to lunch, amen? So uh, let's try this again. I believe that this book is not just a good book, it's God's book, amen? Amen, amen. I, I believe that something happens when we open God's book. See, the, the Holy Spirit himself, I believe, has written this book. This book is unlike any other book ever written throughout history. This book is living and active. 
And I believe that when the anointed of God open up the Word of God and begin to preach to the people of God, that the Holy Spirit of God shows up in a unique and fresh way. Amen? So, with that in mind, I'm just trusting right now that God's getting ready to speak. God is getting ready to speak to you. Think about that. The one who created you is getting ready to speak directly to you. So before we jump in, I think it would be appropriate just to pray to the Lord today and go ahead and just declare, Jesus, if you speak to me, I will listen and obey. Can we just say that out loud, all of us right now? If you dare, because listen, don't say it if you don't want to hear from him today. But I've got news for you. He doesn't need your permission to invade your life. (laughs) So I invite you this morning just to say out loud right now, dear Jesus, if you speak to me, I will listen and obey. With that in mind, if you brought a Bible this morning, turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Just this week, I got an email from the school where my girls go. And it was informing me that this last week was going to be testing. Testing for the week. And so they encouraged us, because there's going to be a test, make sure that your child gets plenty of rest, make sure that they have breakfast. I, I guess, you know, we, all schools send these emails. I guess they think that we just, you know, let never feed our kids breakfast until that one week. I don't know. But nevertheless, they went ahead and encouraged us, make sure you feed your kids this week. You know, that's an important thing. And so, so, and, and make sure that they get plenty of, of rest because this is test week. We love tests, don't we? I called, I called the girls. I said, well, are you ready for your test? Right? Nobody really loves a test. The point of a test is always intended to provide an outcome. Sometimes it's a pass-fail test. My personal uh, choice that I would, my personal preference in school was the multiple choice tests, A, B, C, or D, right? And when in doubt, always pick C. That's right. When in doubt, always pick C. But at least I knew if it was multiple choice and it was A, B, C, or D, I had a 25% chance of getting it right, all right? Fill in the blank, you never know. But the point of a test is always intended to provide an outcome. The test exists so we can see where we are lacking. The test exists so we can see where we are lacking, where we can improve, and where we're doing well. There's no point of a test without an outcome. Let me say that again. There's no point of a test without an outcome. Spiritually speaking, I have found that oftentimes before God 
takes you to a new spiritual level. A extraordinary encounter. Before God gives you more of himself, there's oftentimes a test. Sometimes we have little pop quizzes along the way from God. But oftentimes, there's some kind of test. We know that God is working in our life oftentimes when we're experiencing a test. It's not always fun, right? But the book of James says this, the brother of Jesus said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Sometimes it's a little pop quiz. But every once in a while, it's a test that takes your breath away. It's a final exam kind of test. Today we're going to be looking at one of those kind of tests. A a, a test that you can't explain. A, A test that you can't necessarily even rationalize. You you know it's a major test when it calls for something significant in your life and at the same time makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. This is the kind of test we're getting ready to see that Abraham went through. But you understand that, that this was not the first test that Abraham had gone through. He had had little pop quizzes along the way. And if you recall, Abraham didn't always pass the test. But God just kept retesting him and retesting him. Maybe you'll recall, God looked at Abraham and he gave him a promise. That I'm going to bless you through the child that you and Sarah will have. I will bless you and I will use him to bless all the nations. I'm going to do something through the son that you and Sarah will have. But then God threw a little pop quiz his way. And he waited. And Abraham got older and older. And Sarah began to get past her childbearing years. And it was in that pop quiz that Abraham began to say, you know, if I was God, can I just say that when you begin any thought or any test with, if I were God, you're in a dangerous place. But Abraham said, you know, if I were God, I would do it a little different. And so he went and he took the maidservant, you remember, Hagar, And Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. But 
But that wasn't what God said. And just parenthetically, this is another sermon for another time, but isn't it interesting? The Muslim faith ties themselves to Abraham through Ishmael. The choice of one man, the sin of one man, Now, thousands of years later, how many wars have been fought? How much blood has been shed because of one choice by one man to say, you know, if I were God, I would do it differently. He failed the test. But aren't you thankful for a God who when we fail the test, lets us take it over. (laughs) A God who when we fail the test, just keeps retesting. Sometimes we have to repeat the fifth grade. You know what I'm saying? But God never leaves us nor forsakes us. He never gives up on us. He just keeps re- He just keeps retesting us and retesting us and retesting us until finally we pass the test. Amen. But in Genesis chapter 22, we're getting ready to see. Abraham's experienced some pop quizzes in his life, but he's getting ready to get hit with a final exam. So let's dive in. Genesis chapter 22. The Bible says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. Notice the response of Abraham when God calls his name. God calls to Abraham and he says, Abraham, and Abraham, as he's going throughout his day, as he's completing the tasks set before him, as he's in the middle of his work day, God calls his name and Abraham declares, here I am. Can I just say when God calls your name, the only right response is here I am. You may recall a different response a few chapters earlier with a couple named Adam and Eve when God called their name and they hid. And they tried to cover themselves and they tried to cover their sin and and they tried to hide from God. But this time, Abraham gives the right response when God calls his name. He says, Abraham, and Abraham simply stops what he's doing and declares, here I am. When God calls your name, the only right response to God is here I am. Verse 2, then he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Can you imagine that night for Abraham? It made no sense. I mean, through this boy, 
God was going to bless the nations. Through, through this boy, the promise was going to be fulfilled. And, and now God's telling me to sacrifice him. I can only imagine that night for Abraham. I, I can remember when my girls were little. And I'd go in after they were asleep. And I'd just watch them sleep. I'd pray over them. I'd I'd talk to God about them. Wondering, God, what are they going to be like as they get older? What are they going to be when they grow up? What's God going to do with them? I wonder that night if Abraham looked at Isaac as he slept, trying to make sense of what God was doing. His head, no doubt, spinning. All of the thoughts. Trying to make sense of what God had just told him. I can imagine as he watched Isaac sleeping, trying to talk to God, but not even being able to form the words to say to him. Trying to pray, not even knowing what to say. God, you've called me to go worship tomorrow. How am I supposed to worship when nothing makes sense? How do we worship when life doesn't make sense? How do you worship when God's doing a number on you? How do you worship when you believe God has failed you? How do you worship when you think that God has let you down? How do you pray when you can't even figure out the words to say? God, I don't feel like worshiping today. God, I don't feel like praying today. Can I just say, when that's your heart, and you declare to God, I don't feel like worshiping, I don't feel like praying, that's exactly the point when you need to worship and pray the most. Then verse 3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning, and he saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Look at that, verse 3. What do you do when God's got your number? What do you do when you don't know how to pray? What do you do when you don't even feel like worshiping? What do you do when you just can't make sense of life? You have no idea what God's trying to do in your life. He's called you to something that you cannot figure out how it's all going to work out in life. What do you do? Look at what Abraham did. He got up. And he took the next step. See, sometimes God doesn't give us the whole picture. (laughs) 
sometimes we don't get all of the details and often we fail the test because we get so overwhelmed with the big picture that we neglect to simply take the next step of obedience with God. Abraham didn't have it all figured out, but he just took the next step. He got up. He got up and he set out like God told him to do. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know what's getting ready to happen, but I'm just going to be obedient to take the next step. Step one, God told him to get up and go to the place where he would show him. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Sometimes perhaps somebody is here And you need to quit laying down. Somebody here today, I believe, needs to get up. Get up and you say, I get up, but I don't know what to do, Brandon. You don't know my story. I get up, but I can't figure out what to do. Just do what's next. Somebody here today needs to get up even when life doesn't make sense, even when we can't figure it all out, even when we don't even know how to pray and when it hurts so bad just to wake up and open up our eyes. Church, get up today and just do what's next. Just take the next step of obedience. I found that God tends to give more details when He sees us moving first. See, sometimes there's a curve and we can't quite see what's behind that curve until we take the next step. So we can stay behind the curve, wondering what's around the curve, or we can take the next step. Too many times we rob ourselves of the blessing because we can't get past the burden. Too many times we rob ourselves of the blessing because we can't get past the burden. God, I don't know what to do. God, I can't figure it out. God, I don't know what's happening. So I just sit here and I just sit in the burden rather than just being obedient and taking the next step. God, I don't know what it's going to look like. But for today, I'm just going to take the next step. And then today, God, Lord, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the end. I don't know how it's all going to work out. But I'm just going to take the next step until eventually God moves us around the corner and we reach our blessing. Don't miss out on your blessing because you can't get past the burden. God says when you complete step one, we'll talk about step two. So Abraham got up. Then the plot thickens. Pay close attention to verse four. We're just going to read it for now, but we'll be coming back to it. Verse 4 says this, then on the third day, somebody say third day. (laughs) Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Now, wait a minute, Abe. God just told you to kill him. Yeah, I know. So stay here with the donkey. 
And me and the boy, we're going to go up here. We're going to go up here and have a little church. We're going to worship a little bit, and then we're going to come back down to... Wait a minute, Abe. God told you to kill him. Yeah, like I was saying. We're going to go up here and we're going to have church. (laughs) And we're going to worship a little bit. We're going to sing. We're going to have a good time. We're even going to have a sacrifice. And then after that, me and the boy, we're coming back down. We will return to you. You see, when your faith is tested, you have to speak truth in the midst of the contradiction of your circumstances. Sometimes life gets so frazzled that we choose to focus on what we can't figure out. We choose to focus on what doesn't make sense rather than holding fast to what we know to be true. And Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that Abraham couldn't figure it all out, but here's what he knew. I don't know what's getting ready to happen, but I do know that God cannot contradict himself. So I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how all this is going to work out. But here's what I do know. I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to do what God called me to do. And then I'm going to trust that God is who he says he is. And Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that Abraham even believed that even if he followed through with it and sacrificed his son, that God would raise his son back from the dead. Because that's the God Abraham served. You see, Abraham had watched a dead womb come back to life. Abraham had watched God show up and show out in his life before. And, And so rather than getting overwhelmed with the circumstances, rather than getting overcome by the world, rather than getting caught up in the details, he just said, listen, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm just going to be faithful and I'm going to stand on your truth. And I'm just going to go ahead and believe that if we follow through on this thing, I'm going to be obedient to do my part and I'm going to that you're going to be obedient to do your part. And even if I have to sacrifice him, God, you raised a dead womb back to life. I believe you can raise my son back to life. Because that's the God that I serve. So I'm just going to go ahead and stand on truth today. In spite of my circumstances, I'm going to go ahead and declare, we're going to go worship, and then we're coming back. Verse 6, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but... Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? They're walking up this hill. This was a journey that Isaac had been on before with his father. He knew how this worked. And he looks at his dad and he said, Dad, something's not adding up. 
We've been to church before, Dad. I know how church works. And I see the wood. I, I see the fire. But, Dad, where's the lamb? We're missing something, Dad. Where's the lamb? Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Son, God's going to have to do this one. Have you reached that place? Have you ever experienced that kind of a test? That kind of place or situation where you say, I don't know. I've tried with everything in my might. I've tried, I've given all of my will. I've gritted my teeth and I've, I've gripped down and I've bared down and I've tried everything I've got and I can't figure it out. I can't overcome it. I can't get it out of my life. I can't quit doing it. I can't start doing it. God, this one's on you because I got nothing. God, you're going to have to do something that only God can do. And then here it comes because I completely surrender. Because I got nothing, God. I surrender. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood on it. It's at this moment that Isaac's beginning to put two and two together. As his father bounds him. Can you imagine? His father bounds him to the wood. He ties him up. Isaac's looking, Dad, wait. Wait a minute, Dad. He places him on that altar. Can you imagine? But dad, dad, no, wait, no, no, dad, dad, there's got to be another way. Dad, no, no, stop. I'll, I'll do better, dad. I'll, I'll be better. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you say, dad. Dad, you don't have to do this. Dad, I'll be a good boy. Dad, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Dad, dad, stop. Dad, and, and Abraham, with a trembling hand, raises the knife as his hand is shaking, still totally surrendered to God, saying, God, I don't know how this is going to work, but you're going to have to do something. And right before, right at the very moment that with tears, no doubt, streaming down his face and a trembling hand holding a knife as he follows through with what God called him to do, an angel of the Lord appeared and declared, Abraham, Abraham. And you know what Abraham's response was? The same response that he had to God in verse one. Here I am. 
Here I am. Can I just say this? I don't believe that if God had not, if Abraham had not heard God in verse 1, he'd have heard him in verse 12. See, Abraham was just going throughout his day. It was just the mundane. And God called his name. And he said, here I am. You see, if we don't hear God's voice in the mundane, we won't hear him on the mountain. If you don't hear God's voice in the trivial, you won't hear him in the trial. Then verse 12. And he said, don't lay a hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God since... You've not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Just parenthetically, I'm convinced this is the quietest ram ever created throughout history. The ram was there the entire time, and Abraham never never heard this thing. You know, I I don't know. I I haven't experienced a lot of rams in the thicket, but I, I would I would I dare say that a ram caught in a thicket makes a lot of noise. You know, this has to be the quietest ram in history of rams caught in thickets. Okay, but that was just for free. That was nothing. Okay, so let's let's keep rolling here. So Abraham went and took the ram. And he offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Instead of his son. So God provided a sacrifice in place of Isaac. God provided a substitutional lamb. Now hang with me here. Because I'm circling the runway, okay? We're almost done. But you don't want to miss this. Look at your neighbor and say, it's about to get good. (laughs) You don't want to miss what's getting ready to happen. So everybody just perk up a little bit because we're almost done. We're circling the runway. But listen, if, if you've heard everything I say and you miss where we're getting ready to go, you've missed it. So let me say this again. God provided a substitutional lamb. In John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And he's declaring that he is God. He's declaring that he's not just a prophet. He's not just a good man. He's not just an upstanding man. He is God in the flesh. He tells the Pharisees, Before Abraham was, I am. He uses the Old Testament name for God. And the Pharisees are beside themselves. They're declaring, how does he, how does he claim to, to know Abraham? He's not even 50 years old. This makes no sense. Who does this guy think he is? Declaring that he is, I am. This is blasphemous. But yet, Jesus says these words in John chapter 8, verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. 
Genesis chapter 22, verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. Abraham looks up from a distance. And he sees something. And Jesus, in John chapter 8, tells us what Abraham saw. Jesus tells us, Abraham saw my day. What day was that, Brandon? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Because the day that Abraham saw... In the midst of his greatest test of life. Scripture says on the third day he looked up. And he saw the place that God would call him to make the sacrifice, Mount Moriah. Which just so happened to be just a few hundred yards from another mountain called Mount Calvary. And Jesus says that Abraham saw him on that day and rejoiced. What day is that? The day when there would be another lamb that would be sacrificed. So this morning, if I may, let me tell you about my Jesus. Because... He was not a lamb that was sacrificed. He was the lamb that would end all sacrifices. He was the sacrifice of all sacrifices this morning. See, on that day, God provided another sacrifice. Just like in the day of Abraham. This morning, let me tell you about my Jesus, because this time he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And God provided a way in which Jesus on a cross, he bore our sin. Scripture says that that Jesus, our sin, the punishment that you and I deserve, our, our punishment for our sin was placed on the lamb was placed on the sacrifice. This morning, can I tell you about my Jesus? They jammed a crown of thorns down on his head and the blood began to flow. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails, a tail that had nine whips on it. And on each end of those tails had pieces of bone and rock and and pieces of, of glass. And they would stick into the back of the spotless lamb of God. And then they would rip pieces of his back out and and the blood would begin to flow down his back. And then they would take a purple robe, the purple being the color of a king, and they would wrap it on his back and they would let that blood dry. And then they would rip it off and expose the wounds all over again. This morning, can I tell you about my Jesus? They'd drive spikes through his hands and through his feet. This morning, I came to tell you about my Jesus who on that cross would declare Father forgive them for they know not what they do and then on the cross he would say these words it 
is finished. This morning, I came to tell somebody about my Jesus because he breathed his last. He died on that cross. They pulled his lifeless body off of the cross and they placed him in a borrowed tomb. But this morning, I came to tell you about my Jesus because it was a borrowed tomb because he wouldn't need it for long. (laughs) He would only need it for a few days because you, you see, on Friday, it was sacrificial. And Saturday, it was silent. But Sunday, it got supernatural. And this morning, I came to tell you about my Jesus because on the third day, God the Father looked at God the Son, looked at His lifeless body in a tomb, and He said, get up. And he breathed life into the sun, and the sun's heart began to beat again. And he began to fill his lungs with breath. This morning, I came to tell somebody about my Jesus, because on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave this morning. Jesus is alive this morning. And this morning, can I tell you about my Jesus? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, yes I know, he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. This morning I came to tell you about my Jesus. Because I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is with me, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer and just the time I need him. He's always here because he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. Somebody better ask me how I know he lives because church this morning I came to tell you he lives within my heart. Let me tell you about my Jesus this morning. third day Abraham looked up and he looked to Jesus so this morning what are you in the midst of that you can't figure out circumstances seem unbearable. Look to Jesus. When you're in doubt, look to Jesus. When you're afraid, look to Jesus. When you succeed, look to Jesus. When you fail, look to Jesus. When you can't figure it out, look to Jesus. you don't think you can make it, look to Jesus. This morning, I'd love to tell you about my Jesus. There's people here that would love to tell you about Jesus. Maybe you're here and you need prayer. Maybe you're here and you're in the midst of something that you say, and listen, somebody came here today saying, unless God moves, I don't know that I'm going to make it. God, unless you step in, I don't know that I can go another day. Look to Jesus today. 
I don't know what the answers are. I'm tired of trying and failing. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus today. This altar's opened. You can come and you can pray. There's people on each side that would love to pray with you. Listen, if you don't know about this Jesus and you say, I want to know more, I'm ready. I surrender. I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm tired of, I'm tired of trying and failing. I'm tired of, I'm tired of depending on my own will and my own, my own tenacity. Jesus, do something that I cannot do. Can I tell you about my Jesus today? Stand to your feet as we pray. Father, today, Father, if someone needs to know you, if someone needs to say, Lord, I surrender, I'm tired of doing it my own way, I'm tired of depending on myself, Father, I surrender. I trust that what you did on the cross, you took my place. You shed your blood for me, and when you said, Father, forgive them, you were talking about me. Jesus, I know I've blown it. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've sinned, but Father, forgive me. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you need to be forgiven, you need to be made whole. You need to be saved. You need to be made right with God. I want to pray for you this morning. I ain't planned on doing this, but I just feel like someone here needs to be saved today. So I'm going to start on my right, your left. And listen, with every head bowed, nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, I need forgiveness, I need wholeness, I need a relationship with the Lord, I need something that only Jesus can do for me. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to point you out, I'm not going to call you out, I'm not going to embarrass you, I just want to pray for you. So my right, your left, I'm going to start, will you just look up at me and make eye contact with me? I'm moving now, just go ahead, make eye contact with me, I'm moving around the room. Nobody, God bless you, I see you, who else? God bless you, who else? Who else? God bless you. I see you. Look up at me if that's you. If you're here today, God bless you. I see you, buddy. Who else? I'm moving around to my left this morning. At least five people in here say, hey, I need to be forgiven. I need a relationship with Jesus. Who else? Anybody else this morning? God bless you. I see you. God bless you. If you looked up at me, I'm going to pray for you. And then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I told you I wouldn't call you out. I wouldn't point you out. I wouldn't embarrass you. I'm not going to. But what I'd like for you to do, if you're serious about this, you're saying today's the day that I surrender. Today's the day, mark it down. Today's the day that something changes in my life. Today's the day that I get the fullness, the wholeness, the forgiveness, the completeness that I've been looking for that I can only find in Jesus. Today's the day. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you, as soon as I say amen, Julia's going to start singing. And if that's you today, if you're here and you need prayer, if you're here and you want to be saved today, you want a relationship with the Lord Jesus today, I want to ask you, step forward. As soon as I say amen, you come forward. You can take me by the hand. You can take these uh, prayer counselors by the hand. We want to tell you about our Jesus. 
Jesus today. So I just encourage you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. But as soon as I say amen, I just invite you to come forward today. And let's settle this today. Lord, I surrender today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw men, women, boys, and girls unto yourself. Father, I pray that you would save lives today. I pray that what you did on a cross would be real today. God, I pray that somebody here who feels like there is no way, God, I pray that today your truth, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but through Jesus. God, I pray that that would be real for somebody today for the very first time. So, Father, this is your time. Have your way. Have your will. Lord, we pray these things. We declare that you are King of kings. And Holy Spirit, move as only you can. Here it comes. You make up your mind now. I'm getting ready to say amen. You declare today, Lord, today marks the day. And I'm going to move as soon as he says amen. Here it comes. In Jesus' name, amen. You come as Julia sings. These prayer counselors are here. You come. Let's worship together. Some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. 